Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Money Hill, your number one Call of Duty podcast with a betting focus. And we only have one more event to take you through this year, and that is Call of Duty Champs, boys. I am absolutely hyped. My name, of course, is Scoot. I'm back with Nikita and BMB, Big Money Bliss, Chris Bliven. How are we doing today, boys? I'm psyched, as you can tell. I'm, like, so excited, yet I'm also, like, so depressed and sad. Like, the past two weeks have been really hard, right? We haven't had Call of Duty to bet on. And now I know, after this weekend, I'm not going to have Call of Duty to bet on for, like, four months. That's an issue. We need to solve this. They need to have more events. We need to create, like, a an off-season or something. Like, this is not good for me. I'm very sad. It feels so short, doesn't it? Like, it it just, like, I feel like we're just getting into it, and suddenly, but also, like, where has the year gone? How are you? I mean, stage two, it felt like it was going to be so long, right? Like, the year was just going to go on forever, and now it's just over. (laughs) And and it's like, like, five months? We're going to have five months until it starts up again in January, February next year? That's, like, that's obscenely long. I hope it starts a little bit earlier next year. It's like a seven-month season. That's ridiculous. the one thing I'm looking forward to at the end of Champs is just the absolute clusterfuck that Roster Mania is going to be mm. right after this like tournament's over. It's it's going to be incredible. I agree. London, it will. London Royal Ravens, top four next year. Guaranteed. No you, heard, <laughs> you heard it here first. They, I mean, Afro is a good young talent, to be fair to them, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the top eight teams that are competing in Call of Duty Champs. And with that being said, we're going to hop straight into our retake, which is usually where we reflect on our picks from the last week and the matches from last week and, you know, what surprised us and things. But unfortunately, we've kind of recapped everything from the last major. And as Nikki said, we had a two-week layoff. So I'd love to revisit some of those dark horse and and winner predictions that we had um, and see how they stand now. So where do you guys stand on your picks? I think Seattle really has a chance to win it since it's on land. And <laughs> I agree. I mean, Seattle should be in the winner's bracket, no doubt about they it. Should, they should be there, but they're not. So Can we just take a second for that? Like, I, just, I, I understand that you guys tell me that land is different than online, but there's no reason that they should be tr- that drastically better on land versus online. Like, no, nobody I 100% else, agree with that. Nobody else has that much of a difference. It's all mental. And they were kind of yeah. like, well, it's... It's so disappointing that they were not in this group of eight. Just really disappointing. So I think, I think the the performance they had at Major Four is more indicative of how an entire season would have gone had it been on land. But the performance at Major Five was just we really have nothing left. Like this is the end of our season definitively. That was already chalk. Like it was already chalked for them. So why not? Like one, give them a show, and two, like show people what we can do. Like, and and that's how they played, and it was super fun to watch. Honestly, at some point, you need to play COD online, and then you need to play split screen or against a buddy on that, and you'll you'll feel the difference. It's it's huge, and especially when you're playing at this level where every bullet matters, um, and who fight, who shoots first really matters. Online, you know, you have server-side advantages, you have uh, latency, all of these things, and they have a huge impact on on the impact, of, the impact of the impact, blah, 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 of the guns and the players. Um, of course, there is an element of mental, uh, but it, it does. And I, I do think we saw other teams, you know, I think Optic definitely stepped up, got a lot tighter. Um, it, it's small things at the very top, but it does matter. All right. 
Well, we do know that land's different from online, and that that itself has been evident this year uh, more than it was last year when people were able to talk about it. But let's let's kind of regroup here, get back to the topic at hand. I think Nikki, you had Atlanta Phase winning, I believe. Chris, you had Minnesota Rocker, I think. I think you're right. And then I myself had Optic Chicago. So where are we standing, boys? Chris, you've had some time to really think well, on it. And it's really nice to know that Octane's listening to our content and that he uh, jumped on that bandwagon and stood with me. So I, I No, he didn't. He picked Toronto. I think he picked <laughs> Minnesota. No, he picked Toronto to win it all. Actually, I want to rephrase the question. Who's going to be in the finals? Well, let me go back to your first question because then I'll tell you who's going to be no, in the finals. No, just do both. Just do who's going to be in the finals is going to be Toronto Ultra versus Atlanta Phase. That's a wimpy ass pick. Yeah, but like that's the thing. You can't give him shit for like what's he meant to say? LA Thieves against Dallas Empire. Like Florida <laughs> Mutineers. Like you either there's, want a real really, answer. Really, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. not that much else. A real answer or, or a made up answer. Do I want um, content or do I want realism? Yeah. It's just, you know, I'll give you content. And I'll give you my actual prediction because, you know, at the end of the day, nothing beats a good storyline and storylines in Call of Duty go hand in hand. And therefore, it's going to have to be Atlanta Phase Optics Chicago in the final. First CDL final on LAN, it has to happen. And if it does, it's going to be the greatest series of all time. I think my personal view. So I want that to be true. Go ahead. I just got to. I want that to be true. And I hope uh, that it will be the greatest. But my worry is that up until now, Chicago hasn't really shown that they can. Dude, yeah, I we'll we'll get into why I think something has changed and especially a little bit. Two of them having COVID, drop. well, okay, and just barely you getting just back fucking into botched it. it. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Hold on. I'll I'll, t- I'll address that later. But okay. um, I Chris, go I ahead. just think that. Something that Octane did say in one of his posts that really kind of intrigues me is the impact that a rookie can have. And when you have a truly exceptional rookie coming out, um, this is kind of their coming out party. And I actually believe, so you'll you'll read my, uh, I think that Toronto Ultra are going to win. They're going to beat Baze in the final. I think FaZe do a great job of losing in finals. Um, and I really think, Insight is the real deal. And I just, I believe that he is going to be that next level of the rookie. I think you're going to see him be that top five player for many, for many, many seasons to come. And I've just been so impressed with him all season long. He's just really been the standout rookie of the year to me. And I expect him to allow the rest of the team to kind of, I think they got hardened by what happened last week or last major against Minnesota and I actually think for the first time they're really going to fucking clutch up, and I think they're going to win. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I think, you know what? <laughs> this this kind of has a question that I want to ask you guys. Who's your MVP? Because I think it's it's like simple insight for me, and I'm leaning, um, I'm leaning towards Abizi, probably. Yeah, You think Abizi? I was going to say Abizi. It's either, it's either Simba or Abizi. You really can't pick anyone yeah. else. Oh, yeah. I would say, to me, it's insight. Dude, Inside three impact, majors. In, yeah, I, I understand, but uh, this is the whole discussion of like what the what's an MVP. Yeah, but I, I mean, for me, Inside is the one that t- has taken Ultra to where they are, and without him, 
If you swap Sim, if you swap Babizi, I still think FaZe is a top team. Maybe a little no. bit worse, but I think they are still one of the best because of the three I, other I think if you pull one of those guys out of the roster, the chemistry completely changes, and those two subs play better than anybody in the league together, in my opinion. Don't disagree but also, with that. But also, yeah. we're not considering the impact that Abizi single-handedly had on FaZe's search and destroy the entire season because – Oh, he has disgusting. a significantly higher first blood rate than yes. I think any other player in the league. I think he doubles second place. Dude, his his stats are obscene. Like I'm not look, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, my argument isn't against those two. I think that's a very uh, a f- like I have simply say busy. I'm like I can see that, but to me, what Inside did to Ultra, turning them to from I guess a middle pack team to one of the top teams. That that's MVP, because with genuinely without him, do you really think they win? I mean, probably not. But at the same exactly. time, whereas it, if you put Hook instead of a BZ or something like like, I still think Phase is good enough that they probably would have won. I don't know though, because at the same time, their subs started playing a lot better together. Like Kleenex and Bands played a lot better sure. after they acquired Insight. Than they had prior. If you go back and look at the gameplay, you can you can watch but then all of isn't that. that the, isn't that the rookie effect? Doesn't that kind of? Uh... I don't know if that is or not. I think it's okay. also just coaching and in practice as well. True. Um, all right. But anyway, I mean, but of he, course, insight has been unbelievable. It's not to me. He he's is, also so. been incredible. He's definitely first sports. team. You, you, there's no there's no yeah. denying if there's like a first team, he's in there. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Nikki, do you? Here's you, another question. Do you know who has the second highest KD? In the league? Yeah. I think Ibizi is first, I'm pretty sure. Or in what? Simp, but just overall. Oh, I think Simp has the highest KD overall. Yeah, I, I'm pretty... Simp does, yeah. But then, uh, do you know who has the second highest? It might be Dashy, but I'm not sure. Yeah, actually, yeah spot on. Yeah. yeah he, uh, that makes sense to me. He's fucking got... Uh, so, Simp is 1.17, and Dashy is 1.15. Uh, yeah, Which he's had I a really realize, good season. But underrated. He's actually, yeah, I think it's a bit overlooked. Which um, is wild. But I, I do want to hop on though Sorry. because Chris had his final prediction, yeah. Toronto versus Atlanta phase. And he's taking Toronto to win it all. Who do you have? Um oh, fuck, I hate these ones. I actually think it's subliner's phase. No New fucking York. way. You don't actually You think New that. York wins it all too? If you if, don't actually if, believe that, uh, honestly, I think New York was fucking great when they were playing well, dude. So this is a bit of a spicy take because I don't want to repeat. Like, do I want to say spicy phase ultra? Do I want to say phase ultra? Sure. Uh, I'm gonna ask I you I to really lay want, off the subliners thing for just a little really, bit. Do I really want Optic to make it to the finals? Yes. Um, Everybody to, wants Optic to to, make to, to not repeat a phase ultra, um, and to give a little bit of a spicy take. Um, yeah, I think I think this if the subliners are playing at their best and that they've learned like, hey, we need to listen to fucking Kalista, arguably the goat. Um, I can see them causing the upset. Let's yeah, we'll we'll talk about the impact that Kalista could have in in a in a minute here. Um, <laughs> I want to hear Chris because I can hear him like he's just he's, he's definitely he's chomping at the bit there. You he's can definitely just hear grumbling it. <laughs> behind his mic right now. But I I personally took of course Optic Atlanta. You already know who I'm going to pick to win that matchup. I am taking Optic there, but I also have to say that if it did come to that in a best of nine, 
the pool that Atlanta has to play yeah. is just so difficult to overcome. So it's it's not optimistic. It would have to be but purely like, look, momentum. It, it, I that's that's what I want in my heart. Yeah. You know? But that's the thing, is that like if Optic come out because they if they're in a final, last, it's gonna be momentum. They like, looked good last uh major, so that it's it's boding well. I'm just really concerned about the COVID. I don't know what it's impacted. Are they re- fully recovered? What practice? All of this stuff. I think it's it's a shitty situation, and unfortunately, might be out. Um, but if they if they click and it just works, like and the, they play to the potential and they play as a team, then yeah, they can take it all. So let's hop over our section frying and lying because of course we didn't have picks last week, so nobody could be frying and nobody could be you lying. Don't that might to, be good we don't want to hear bad. Chris before we do frying and Hold lying. Hold on, he'll he'll have a chance okay. at the end at the end of the intel drop here. Obviously, the big thing heading into our intel drop is that champs is right around the corner. We're talking a couple of days from now. We will be playing COD champs in LA, and that's the biggest news. Secondly, Optic had COVID. They weren't the only team in the league. It was Scump and Envoy that had it. All they could do is scrim, but apparently RC's had it as well. He said it in a Twitch chat recently. And they said that about eight players had it and it affected three teams. So you really don't know, besides them, who are pretty public about it, who actually had it. How do you guys think it affects everything? I think it's huge, potentially. I mean, like, and but it depends. Like, I know people that had it asymptomatic, felt fine. I was saying you guys about a buddy who got shafted two days before his second vaccine. He yeah. felt shitty for a few days, then got better. Um but I also know people who felt incredibly crap. And and it, even when they were negative, you know, the they felt tired. They couldn't concentrate as well. So it, it potentially can, like, if FaZe lose, I totally believe that our cities could have ongoing issues. And the, let's be honest, the boy does not look like he's in a peak physical condition. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Chris, where do you stand on the COVID situation? Um, Nikki, just, just call him fat. Uh <laughs> I mean, I need a full roster. I need to know who's been fucking who's had it. I think it's you're not gonna know. I that. know there's no. I, way. I don't even need to necessarily know who had it. I just need to know which teams had it. I need to know how many of the players on each team had it. I don't care which players had it. Um, to me, this is. I mean, this is a betting podcast. These are critical insights necessary yeah. for betting because. I I'll go ahead and spoil it to you right now. I have subliners beating optic in the first round. I just think that's a really hard thing to get over. Like you're not being able to train the same way. You're not able to like, so, like the momentum that you need to carry from stage four to this is adversely impacted by having such a, you know, we're a massive global pandemic that we're in. Like that's, that's not good. I don't see a way where that is a positive. Now, if you told me the subliners also had it, positive. if you told me that FaZe had it, I mean, like, I just, I don't, this is now. Oh, there's no way that Hydra This is now it. incomplete information, and I hate betting when I have incomplete information. Mm. This is, this. I actually, I, I don't think there's a world where Hydra didn't have it. He was well, in well, the we crowd know taking didn't have it because he was meditating. Like, he was well, yeah, Clayson was in fucking in Jackson Hole or whatever. Yeah. Um. But Hydra was in the crowd taking pictures with people. If anybody at Champs got it, it was Hydra, 100%. Um, also, though, I, I want to just consider the fact that these guys actually couldn't leave their rooms, and maybe the quality of practice wasn't 
as good as it could have been for three to five days in there, which yeah. is like somewhat of a big time frame. But at the same time, if you go back and look at Envoy and Scump's streams and tweets and everything, you realize how close these guys were to missing the biggest tournament of the year. And I actually I think that some of that inspiration is rejuvenated by realizing what they could have missed out on. Yeah, some of the re- – you mean like the adrenaline and just kind the of – The adrenaline is like yeah. – it snaps back into the you. Right re- when you realize you can everything. play, the excitement yeah. and everything is there. Like I think they're rearing to go. Same with Arcides. Same with whoever else had it. Um, I, I just think like while there is some bad practice in there, all they could do is scrim. Like, And, and a lot of scrimming – like at this point, hard point – your breaks and everything are routine. Like they better be routine at this point. Control and search and destroy. There's a decent amount of studying you can do. I think control comes down to the break as well. Search and destroy is mostly strat. Like it's, it's all set up. Um, so definitely a lot of studying could have been done there. Could help. You never know. But of course, I mean, having the pandemic disease is not what you want at the end of the day. I'm mm-hmm. not going to argue that that was the ideal outcome. I just think that there could be, some positives to this um and just trying to be an optimist regarding the situation especially as an optic fan to be fair but more people were affected than we know of finally if your last piece of your your argument is that by being forced to stay inside and play nonstop for weeks on end could actually be beneficial to their performance in championships i could buy into that yeah i could but i I don't know if they did practice nonstop that's the thing uh, the rcd's in the chat said all i could do was scrim <laughs> so <laughs> i think he definitely did which is a scary thing to think about um considering he's probably like the least impact currently on phase but at the same time that's because like everybody up in front of him is so good that he's yeah. just the backstop like but also isn't he uh igl um I think so, but I mean, like he's definitely so strategic. Like, like that's why they brought him on because they want. He's definitely him. the leader, but yeah. he, they're so co- like he's cracked. That's that's why they brought him on. Yeah. Uh, I think final piece of intel we have to get into, and Nikki touched on it, but Clayster is back for the New York Subliners. This is a huge change for the team, and we also have to consider that Mister Eubanks did win the last two Call of Duty championships. That being on E United and of course Dallas Empire last year. So what's the breakdown here, boys? I mean, the guys we've seen his impact. He's like, a fucking he, winner. He's, he's a fucking winner. He knows how to take rookies, train them up, he knows how to play the game, he has a mind for the game, all of this stuff. Like, no doubt about it. The problem is, is now ha- is the time off uh counterproductive, or has he come back fresh? And the they're getting a new, let's say, butterfly effect, kind of like, oh fuck, we didn't do so well. He's back. We're fucking slaying again. Or is Asim just staring daggers at him after talking shit? And Clayce is like, haha, bitch, you need me. Um, and they're gonna go down in flames. I don't, dude. I don't know if I don't think Clayce will because he showed a lot of maturity in yeah, the way I don't he handled Asim, the situation. Asim, on I the other Asim hand, did ego, not show but... that maturity. I think there's also a realization that some of what was happening was also his fault um, and that they did need Clayster. And, and sometimes you got to swallow your pride, especially before the biggest tournament of the year. And I would hope that as a professional player, you can do that. You, yeah, but I can tell you, most professional players do not. They, well, yeah, they, that's the like, 
that is a big yeah. issue. We're you also talking it? about possibly the goat. Like that's like LeBron James walking away from the Lakers and yeah, being like, but that that's the crazy thing is that you have LeBron James on your team and you're not listening to him. You know that's yeah, like, maybe that's not the LeBron because LeBron's continued to have like LeBron production and Clayster's lacked sometimes and he's been more of kind of a really good. I actually coach. think I think he's more of a Draymond Green. Like, potentially great player, one of the greatest defenders of all time, but actually the value he's, he brings is his his eye for the is game, the mental. his basketball into, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, intelligence and all of that stuff. And I think that's what Clayster brings. It's easy to overlook. Yeah, the numbers maybe decline at times. It's still good, but it's not great. But it's the intangibles that they bring. And Clayster has shown by stepping away that actually, hey, you do need me and with me we win. Um, but that and doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean it fixes the issues and like maybe more damage has been done than these guys can put together. But then I also know players on esports teams that fucking hate each other, but they play incredibly well. Closer's also gonna kick the other team in the nuts. Um, Chris, you're seething behind your microphone right now. What's going on? I just think that when you are a number one or you think you're a number one, it doesn't go well. So I, I, I'm skeptical of their, this is where I, I just think there's no fucking way they even make it close to championships. Um, and I think that Nikki's uh, claim while might read to, might get some attention is unfounded and completely outrageous. Um, but you haven't been, why optics. do you think, why would you mean they have? Uh, yeah. So think I think, I think that one. this is one of these things where, they're going to be able to come back for one game and then just get stomped. So I have them beating Optic. If they're going to get stomped, they're going to get stomped. Like I have them beating Optic because Optic, I think, is is reeling. I think that they're, the, the COVID thing it cannot be ignored. And so I think that that is – I'm just – this is a prediction thing. I'm just nervous about Optic coming out of everything they've been through the past weeks, right? Like it was not insignificant. Can I actually just you you do make a great point there, and I think I agree with that. Is that if Subliners like has a, a a bad loss and goes to lower bracket, do they have the mental fortitude and the trust in each other to come back from that? And that's uh, the answer is no. It's a big no. I think mark. if they go to the losers bracket first round, it's pretty much over. No, I don't, yeah. I don't think... no uh, not first round. I'm even saying like against phase. Like, do I would they argue do they have that... to do they have to reach finals? by winning everything like champs finals just by going f- through the upper bracket or do they have the mental fortitude to drop down and go via the lower bracket because i think minute, i think chicago the, does the minute the minute there's any level of like yeah angst asim starts looking at clay exactly looking at ac yeah. right in the game yes he's gonna just kill him for yeah. i think <laughs> listen if, if it's a tough first round loss and I'm not sure who who do they go down. They drop down to mm-hmm. LA Thieves, right? If they lose to Optic, then they go down. I think they lose to Thieves. No, no, I think they go to the Mutineers, or is it because of a rank? Oh, yeah, if it's Florida, it's, it's a little different. But also, you know, Neptune hungry. Um, Scoot, you're but gonna, I, it's, it's either going to be my bracket. I can't wait till we get to it. It's yeah. either going to be the greatest regain of all time, and Clayster ends up in another COD Finals, or it's two and out. I think it's actually in between that. <laughs> I don't think so. I actually think that's like impossible. I think they beat Optic, get 3 0 to phase, and then lose 3 1 to Empire. A very blah, nothing 
result, but something that at least they got one win. Interesting. Well, okay. I think you touched on it a little bit with the predictions there, and we're through our Intel drop, so it's time to hop into First Blood. Let's run through the match schedule and just take some locks for boys. Let's let's see what we expect to hit right away, because I think there might be some disagreements here. So first of all, we have Dallas versus Minnesota in the winner's bracket. We do not have any loser's bracket matches yet. The winner of that match goes on to play the Toronto Ultra. And then the second match of the day is Chicago, Optic Chicago, versus the New York Subliners. And the winner of that match plays Atlanta Phase right after. So let's hop into our first match. Dallas Empire versus the Minnesota Rocker. Minnesota wiped them last major. But is that all they had in the tank? So, so real quick, I just would like to also touch on the future bets, Scoot, which we haven't touched yet. Right now... Well, we, we're going to do that we going to do that after? Yeah. Okay, fine. Then I will just... <laughs> we're going to talk through the matches, then go to the... Then I will yeah. go fuck myself and just talk to you about this match. <laughs> um, so I'm seeing Minnesota at 193. L. Dallas Empire at 179. If you listen to our podcast earlier in the week uh, where we broke down CDL betting 101 that we did a little partnership with League Day on, you will know how excited I am to see Minnesota as a fucking underdog here. Insanity. Um, I do think it's going to be close, though. I don't think it's going to be like a wiping the... the, the no, I don't think. I think it's a 3-2. I think you got... I don't think we have a repeat of no, last I don't either. Year. And I think that... I'm a little actually hesitant to bet on Minnesota. I think that last major was like an anomaly. Everything came together. Really hard to repeat that. I think that there was like some like little magic dust, maybe some PEDs that helped them get through that. I don't know. Um, but I think I think Minnesota should be the favorite here. I would bet on Minnesota money line. I would bet on the over four and a half at 2.44. I think you could have either one of these teams winning in five. Um, but I think you get Minnesota to win, but it's going to be a very close match. So I think Dallas is a far better coach team, in in my honest opinion. Just throughout the entire season, I think maybe you can argue that Minnesota had better coaching for the last major. But throughout the course of the season, Ray's done a great job kind of coaching those guys and, and keeping them in line, um, as well as the fact that, you know, they weren't winning games early on by like good coaching. And then eventually it became like, now we got to go. Like they were, it was kind of suspect at times. I felt like there was a lot of reliance on kind of gun skill. And then they realized that. And now it's become a lot more strategical since they've added a guy like vivid to the roster. So that's an improvement for me. And that's what makes me kind of weary of the rocker. So I agree with you a little bit, but with that being said, Minnesota underdog line after what they did last major is impossible to ignore at 1.93. Like, yeah, it's so solid. And I also want to note that I think Minnesota went 10 and two last stage in search and destroy. And those odds on that map are 1.74 at map two. So that is phenomenal. I, I think, think those are both. Phenomenal. How do you, how do you overlook empire? Hasn't won a major, let alone reach the final for how many majors now? Between like three, like four. No, they yeah. were in the final against no, phase. Wait, they were in the final against yeah, phase three, three, four. Yeah. Stage, Stage three. three. Okay, so it's been two since they were in the final. They haven't won in four majors. Or, it um, might be Stage four. It was. I think it was, it was Stage it four. Was Stage four. Yeah, Stage four. So it's been two. Yeah, Stage no, no, three. No, it's was... been one. They literally just didn't make it to the final of the last one. Okay, they made it to two finals this year. Yeah. Whereas one we're talking against a team, team that is literally just reverse swept, matched to reach the finals. 
win it. Uh, I don't know how they're the underdog. How do you do that? I don't think looking at the performance of Empire across the year hasn't been particularly standout. They don't look great. I think they're looking better. Um, But then even last major, as good as they looked, they still weren't as good as um, Minnesota. So Yeah, but you look up and down those rosters, and and of course, I pointed this out. Like Minnesota's line is too good to ignore. Again, just with that being said, Mm -hmm. ahead of time, before I get into this, Dallas up and down on that roster is better than Minnesota. Yeah. Besides maybe Stan. Yeah. Like without a doubt, they outclass them pretty much three out of four positions, I would say. And even if you put Shotzi up against Standy, it gets a little bit like Mm -hmm. they're both very, very good submachine gun players with crazy movement and just Yeah, but we know Empire Empire should be, but they haven't been. That's what matters. That's the thing. This is champs. Yeah, let's rewind. Not. I'm not gonna argue that you should take Empire because they're favorites. But like, if you do like Empire, that line is also very solid. Yeah, and to be fair, like, they have veterans on the team. They have winners on the team. As much as I, I might not be a fan of Empire and Crim Six and stuff like that. The man wins. I would just like to make the argument: Dallas was the last team to win championships. So give them some respect. They know how to clutch Different up. Dallas, but yeah. They know how to clutch up in a uh, championship type bracket. Again, I think that Minnesota is going to win this. I think it's going to be a 3-2. I'm just going to be betting the over four and a half, though, kind of cover off my basis uh, that either one of these could win this uh, and then a small sprinkle on Minnesota money line. Yeah, I could see that. I mean... Listen, I think we've kind of drawn it out for the most part. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on this match, but there is a a lot of experience that comes into factor here. Um, but again, Dallas did win online. Like, they didn't win online, so got to consider that as well. It's a big factor. Second game of the day, of course, is Optic Chicago versus the New York Subliners. Already touched on it. Winner goes on to play Atlanta phase. I'm, of course, not allowed to break from the green wall now. I am a green brick in the wall. Um, because I have money on them to win champs. Unfortunately, I got shit odds, and I just looked, and they've essentially doubled. So I will be upset even if they win. <laughs> um, what do you guys got here? I, I need Chicago to have a hot start, so minus one and a half for me at 1.81. Optic Chicago. I, I think that this is just like crazy if you're betting on Optic Chicago on this game. And even if you think they're going to win, just like don't bet on this then because there's no value. Maybe the one minus 1.5 at 1.81, but I just think this is too risky. You literally have no fucking clue how good your team's going to show up after COVID. You cannot bet that. On the alternative, now that Clayster's back, you should absolutely be betting the New York Subliners money line at 3.20. Again, you don't know how Chicago's going to show up. You definitely don't know how New York's going to show up, but like that value is just so good. I don't know how you don't take that. So at 3.2, I adore it. I'm even going to go as far as to say New York subliners minus one and a half at 4.60. I just think again, like it is too much value there. And I would not, I would not uh, scoot. I know you're, Completely I'm not, not going to argue I, with you. No, I understand you your have, logic entirely. You have to, but like, I'm I'm so deep. I'm so in the deep exactly, end right now. But like, if you're if yeah. you're a Chicago fan, you're hoping for the win, but you cannot bet on this match. Like, you just can't do. No, it. I can. No, hundred percent, hundred percent can. Well, I'm gonna take. 
I mean, I already technically have money on the exactly. match if I have them winning. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you have no reason to put any more I, on 1. it. 1.3 is just trash odds. It's, it's just so, like, yeah. Your minus one and a half, 1.8 so is like solid, though. I think. It's, it's not just, that Yeah, good, minus though. one and a half is a good one. It is good. good. It is. Well, okay, that Chris, good. I know, but we've this. taken that before. We've taken that before. I, I want to be straight here. playing against fucking somebody like London. Yeah, then we'll take the minus one and a half at 1.8. Look, it takes Optic winning one hard point to win this match. Three to one or three to zero, because they played a solid control last stage, a pretty solid search and destroy as well, and those have been Subliners' weakest game modes for the entire year. And I don't think that improves with Clayster. It didn't prior. Um, they when they were good, they were a hard point team, and that's the only danger here. But even if that's so, it's gonna go five. So I, like, so you, I don't see so them. You want to take the over four and a half at. No, I don't want to take the over four and a half. I just don't see Optic fucking this up because Optic's also a very, very good hard point team. I see Optic fucking this up. I see Chicago. I see New York winning, and I see it minus one and a half. You heard it here first. Put it on my name. Frying it. All right, go can ahead, I go frying line. Can I, yep. can I get my opinion? Um, you two babies. Um, okay. I, I, I right. have to. Come I have on. to agree with Chris. Like one point three is such trash odds. It doesn't make sense. If you're a hardcore oh, believer, I agree. I agree with you. The one minus one point five at one point eight is good enough to justify that bet. But from purely from a betting perspective, and I think this match more than anything, you need to separate fandom from betting, uh, <clears throat> Scotty. Um, and the fact I've is, never is argued that, that I don't three point like, two on the subliners is too fucking good to ignore. It is too good to ignore. You should put a little bit on it. I am at heart love Chicago to win this. I've said that I think subliners could win this, uh, could reach finals. The thing here, though, I actually kind of I don't know how it's going to go. To Chris's point, he said it perfectly. I have no idea how Optics going to play after COVID, and it's a legitimate fucking concern. That's a, that it's, and we're not even talking about one player. We're talking about two players being hit by it and it coming down to the line whether they could even come to this tournament. That's a huge question mark and what if. On top of that, subliners are reintegrating a player that had to step away to get his team to acknowledge that he knew how to play the game and how to win. That, as we've already discussed and hashed out, Huge fucking question mark. So we have two teams that we don't know. So I'm looking at this purely from an odds perspective because this is the game that is going to inform my opinions on these teams for the rest of the kind of tournament. If Subline has come out and Fry Optic, I'm like, okay, this is a team that's reaching finals. If Chicago come out playing like they did last major, that's also not a good clicking, opinion. That's great. You can't say why not. You cannot say that if they fry optic, a team that we've just discussed about all these reasons for why they might be not good, that it, all of a sudden that means they might be winning championships. That's a fair take. You just can't say that's that. No, it's, it's, I think it's how just, they win. So it's not just purely. It's not just purely like oh, if they win. But it's like but if, if they come out and they're dominant with the hand tied behind them, it's like you can't then all of a sudden say you're a world class boxer. It's like no, no, you no, were no, able no, to not, no, 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 but Optic is still a good enough team. We're not talking about Royal Ravens, your team. You know, we're talking about a team that is actually decent and has basically been consistently top four throughout the whole year. So even a subpar Optic is still better than most other teams. And the point is, is that I'm not, it's not even about them beating them. It's about how they win. And we talked about it before, how subliners were playing before, how they got ASIM to do the dirty work the shot calling, the team dynamic, all of these things. And same on the flip side. 
if Chicago wins, it's not just the win that matters. I want to see how they win. Is it just one individual player stepping up, which is how we've get, seen them reach top four previously? Or is it all of them playing as a unit and bouncing off of each other, which is peak optic, and we know that could potentially win. And we haven't really seen that. So Again, that's what I'm, I'm not, saying. I'm keeping an eye out. If Chicago out, wins 3-0... I'm, I'm still not all of a sudden penciling them in for finals because, again, I'm not at trusting... The end of the okay, day. but if Chicago wins 3-0 and you can see that they're playing coordinated and bouncing off each other and it's crisp and that's like dominant, like 100-point club control is 3-0 and stuff like that and they are, like, the players are looking really good together, you can't overlook that. So, at I, the end of regardless, the day, I'm saying this is an interesting match because both of these teams, if I had to say the two teams that I have the biggest question mark about, it's these two in chat. Absolutely. I really you, like, and you so have to take the value. this is an important you match. must take the value. And, and that is exactly what I'm that. saying. I'm saying, I'm betting okay. this purely right. from Who a betting your perspective. Monologue? Betting perspective? You guys talked for 20 minutes. I couldn't even get a word <laughs> in. And from a betting perspective, right, I'm putting it down. And then I think from here, it informs how we look at them going forward. All right. The only thing that I really want after both these games, just the, the one thing that I'll take home with me is a double over three and a half parlay at 1.73 odds. And I think that's pretty in the that's money. That's a lock. Honestly. That's a lock. Yeah. I would the say biggest, that that's pretty much a the lock. The biggest I, part would be the like, Chicago subliners game. Yeah, 100%, because that could just go haywire. It could be a 3 um, either way. It really could. I have no idea. But, yeah, that's like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see that going 3-0 either way. Um, maybe maybe an optics favor. I don't really see the New York 3-0. But, uh, yeah, that's. I think double 3.5, double over 3.5 is, is so Kind of not to agree with Nicky, but to kind of suggest that he isn't completely wrong you're doing a lot of work to to say that you're not but i think you i think i have said over and over again that i am an optic fan and i'm willing to set that aside during the regular season as you've as you've seen as we've seen before for some realism but now it's champs and you know there's always magic in the air i I think you're discounting a quality new york subliners team which maybe that they're i'm not discounting and so i just think i said multiple times that i can see where you guys are coming from and the value is definitely on New York. absolutely and and it's just like there's so so i'm not going to disagree it's kind of crazy all right with our predictions out there i want to include this in first blood i think it's interesting but futures what sticks out to you guys what are you taking outrights to win it all I mean, there's there's no other bet other than Ultra at four point five, like that's just that's, solid. that's just so much value for a team that without Chicago a doubt Chicago at ten Chicago at ten, so right now we're seeing Phase at one point eight three, which honestly is pretty good value. What's even the point? Yeah. Well, the point is you know I they're going to be in the final. Like you, I guess the the point is you know Phase is going to be in the final, right? Like there's almost no way that Phase isn't in the final. At that point, just pick Simp to win MVP though. Well, that's not. For better yeah. odds, is there? A, is it, do you have a bet on that? Yeah, I do. All right, well that's that's, that's a, good, a one. good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> is there also one for a BZ to have MVP? Yeah, there is. Um, do you want to share them, or do you just want to like? Give me one okay. second. We, we, we get there. Uh, I mean, Dallas Empire at seven point is interesting. <laughs> Three point two five and five point They're both the favorites. Just take both of those. Uh, I think it's without yeah, a doubt could. one of them. And then you're until RCD just has the greatest finals no. of all time at 21.0 no, odds. No, that's not happening. Uh, 
I would take Insight, Simp, and Abizi, and those are your three MVPs bets. But, I mean, I think Minnesota, as great as their stage five, I don't know, dude. Cammy probably has a better chance of winning it than Insight. As much as I love Minnesota Rocker and how well they played in the last one, I just don't see them winning it. So, in 6.5, I don't think it's enough juice. So, for me, Ultra at 4.5 is like the best bet. Um, you could probably put a little taste on phase at 1.83 because you know they're going to be in the final. Once they're there, they're probably going to be lower than that. Um, oh, I think there's a odds to reach final. Yeah, they're 1.4 to reach the final. Yeah, that seems... <laughs> I, love I that. think you'd be better off just betting them to win every time. I guess you would lose potentially lose one of those and then still win with them. I think you'd just be better yeah, off in the final betting them every match. What about you, Nikki? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Chris. I think 4.5 on Ultra makes the most sense. I, I would throw a little bit on like Chicago and Subliners at 10 and 15. Might as well like put a small dash at those sorts of odds. Um, can I, I, I don't, I don't in... believe in the Rocker enough to say that they're going to win it all. Can I interest anyone in Havoc Finals MVP at 251 odds? 251.0 no. it's pretty special i, do. I love um, betting but i don't like wasting money i don't th- i don't just throw right, let's let's just dig a little bit you know try to pull out some deep value here if there is any to grab hop into the deep flank um any you know huge upsets there's not a lot of capability for heinous parlays as we only have two matches so i don't expect any of well, those what about the next matches don't we want to see see who wins do we, do we expect Thieves or Mutineers to be able to beat any of the upper bracket teams? Yeah, I think Thieves could pull well, I one. I think it's worth talking about, right? Because it's going to be on the same day. Yeah, so exactly. The, so we won't be able to cover it. We won't be able to cover it but, uh, in this podcast and give you the odds, but well, we can play out the scenarios for at least just the Yeah, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about it after if you guys have any deep value. Well, picks. these are the deep value because I'm telling you, Chicago's going to lose on. to the Florida Mutineers. Dallas minus two and a half at five point three odds. No, against Minnesota. No. I told you, Subliners uh, minus one and a half, four point yeah. three. All right, fair enough. But you said that in uh, first blood, sir. So that one's oh. on your record. I want, I want um, that one on my record. I want to say this: LA Thieves is way more likely to beat someone than Florida is. That's all I have to say. I think that LA could beat both the teams that come down. So, just straight up, what? And they'll be ready. Why do you? Why they're they're going to be so ready. Why do you say this? Because I think so. I have Empire coming down, so I actually have Empire beating Thieves three to two. I think it'll be super close. Uh, Florida hasn't impressed me on land, dude. It just hasn't been there. That's interesting. Like it, and I I think that's pretty impactful, especially after the season and the openings that Awakening has had online. And he's still been good on land. It just not everything has been there, um, in my opinion. So I think the deepest value is to take LA Thieves over whoever drops down because those guys really want to fucking win. Like, especially Slasher, especially Kenny, know for a fact that they're out for blood. Um, they got something to prove for sure. I do think that's really interesting. Um, I would make the argument, kind of going back to one of your earliest um, themes, that there are teams, you know, that train or whatever, and there's teams that prep or, like, skill, all that jazz, right? I would say that I think Florida is one of the few teams who maybe, once they have enough time to really prep for watching, whether it be Optic or New York, 
uh, especially depending on how they look based on, um, you know, COVID or uh, Clayster or whatever it might be. I do think Florida has a chance of going 3-2 against whoever it is. And then they would get absolutely curb stomped by Minnesota Rocker 3-0 in the next round. I just, like, I don't see Optic getting first-rounded twice, like, if that makes any sense. If anything, it would have to be, like, a really down-bad subliners team, but you also have to consider that Clayster is not getting bounced first round twice. Like, that's not... Both those teams just have something in their back pocket or players that just won't go down like that. Like it's so hard to picture, but it just won't like, it's not realistic in my opinion. Um, but I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I, I guess I get it. It, it. I obviously if like scump and envoy are fucking dead on stage, then it's GG probably chalk. But, uh, I just don't see that being the case. I mean, I don't think they would be playing if they were, um, of course they would. What are they going to do? I don't know, dude. What, do you, what would they <laughs> yeah. be doing otherwise? They, who, they don't, who are they going to sub in? Maniac they, and fucking... They might, uh, what's his name? They, like, no way. They, yeah. they might have dinner reservations at Sugarfina, but... Dude, listen. A hundred percent. Karma? Those two guys are dedicated. Karma? They are not... They, are not, they will... Especially Scump. Scump I just want to... I want to be clear. On if one of them didn't play and Karma was playing, Optics winning champs, like, no doubt. Of course. Of course, the guy retired because he was too good. Um, no, the guy retired because he was on Seattle Surge. He came back to play Cold War at the beginning of the game, and he was destroying pros, like eating them. He and it was it, gross. But that doesn't mean on a pro stage. There's a difference. Uh, what do you mean he's the GOAT? Like he's actually the GOAT. We said he, GOAT you however many times. He, he, he had no offers. What? He, he, he was on Seattle, and he had no options and no opportunities. And he's been out of it for two no, years. No, he joined Seattle because they maxed out every contract on that team. Sure. For and, him and Octane. And then what happened to him? He retired because they sucked. Everybody on that team, even so Octane was go, like... Why didn't he go to a better team? Dude, because he didn't want to play anymore. He's already but, proven but now, himself but, as the greatest call of the year. He would only come back but for now, Optic. There's only now one the player, team he would come back for. But you're saying now the player that didn't want to play anymore is going to come back and win. Dude, anymore. he doesn't have to play anymore. He's fucking karma. He's the GOAT. Like, there's no reason to make this an argument about, oh, he would have played for another team. Like, the no, only team saying, that he would like, come back he, for is Optic. I'm not debating that, but I'm saying that he's out of practice. Like, he's not I don't give a fuck. He's still karma. Okay. You, you, All right. You need to go I, back I, I, and watch a, some okay. clips. You need to go back and watch some clips, and then you'll understand why. Dude, I'm matter. not debating. He is an incredible player. Like, As they say, Karma's not, not walking back through that door. He's not the same player. He, he's he's an incredible player, you. absolutely, but he's not been practicing at a pro level for the last year. I bet you scoot, simply, scoot, I bet you really wouldn't I bet you beat him right now. I'd, anyway, um... Okay, I, I don't even know down. how you, like it's like saying a, a an American football player and stuff like that. Like it's like you can have the goats. It doesn't mean they're keeping themselves as sharp, you know. But Scump would hundred percent. Scump would be playing if he was dying. He's too competitive to to not do that. Um, I think if if subliners crash and burn, like if their their chemistry is not on point, yeah, I can see Florida Mutineers beating them. This is this yeah, is what I, I mean by the first game, like or or optic. If optic are just like they're a shadow of themselves, like yeah, I can see them dropping. I think Florida Mutineers is good enough that you can't sleepwalk through them. 
I just I don't see it really. I don't see it happening. It's LA Thieves is more likely. I don't see it happening like a landslide. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things like you can't like we my whole monologue as you said. These are two teams with a question mark, and if the worst happens, yeah, I can see them losing. It's all about how you regain before you play a losing match. Thieves, I don't know. Honestly, LA I kind of like more likely to beat a team from the winner's bracket than but you think it's going to happen what yes you i think they beat whoever drops down either way i have a lot of faith in that roster i don't know why listen no you do talking to the same two guys that told me that fucking toronto was gonna smoke them last major what did they like three two they smoked they put up a goddamn good fight then they then they lose they They lost three to two (laughs) round 11 right yeah to your fucking boys, who you guys had minus two and a half, and then who yeah, kicked them I mean, out of the tournament? Who? Dallas Empire. So maybe no, they no. did three to one. Wait, they lost they? to Empire three to one. Yeah, who yeah. cares? I mean, listen, it's already chalked once you're in the losers bracket. So I kind of feel like I don't know, dude. I don't, it's I don't just know not... if that. I don't know if they're good enough to beat Empire when they weren't good enough to beat Empire. And no, they're. they're I don't know if they're good, good enough. enough to beat the Minnesota Rocker who just won a stage five major they're definitely good enough you guys are not understanding are they good enough that to that roster is good enough are they good enough to beat ultra they were literally right there but they I, damn well are good enough and they just didn't get the job done chris also ultra, so that means no right <laughs> ultra listen you guys are not understanding no, that ultra, they're talented they're massively talented look i think but this is the thing the same a little bit like uh, same as Optic, it but in a worse version. Should LA Thieves be a top competitor? Yes. Have they been? No. Dude, they've that's changed the rosters reality. like eight times, and they took out one of the yes. leaders in the middle but, of the season. That's on that's, that's like, the organization the more than anything. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not dis- – well, no, actually, I don't agree with that. I think they had to change the rosters because they weren't getting the performance that they wanted. They had a roster that was working at one point, and they still chalked it anyway. Yes, like that, I don't, but that was for Hook, and we understand. And, and when that happened, we were all like, "Fuck, it's annoying." But at the same time, it's Hook. So I, I think there's to to pretend like they haven't had those factors is, um, you know, it's not really giving credit there. But the fact is, is like, yeah, are they good enough, and should they be good enough? Sure, but have they delivered? No. Same with Optic. Do I believe Optic has the talent to win a major, win the championships? Yes. But have they this year? No. They always stay. Right, so top far top off four. topic. Let's wrap it up, people. So I think everything's pretty much drawn out at this point. We all have aired all of our dirty laundry regarding every CDL team, especially the ones in champs. Um, and including the Seattle surge a little bit at the beginning. But with that being said, I think we're pretty much through all the information. We'll be back making content on pretty much every day of this major, well, champ, championship. Um, Whatever you you call it, it's a weird name. Yeah, okay. Chris (laughs) hates the name, to be clear. But, um, I mean, thank you for listening to episode 27 of The Money Hill. And, you know, we'll see you guys in the coming days for the ma- or for the cha- for champs. I don't exactly know. And, you and, and now you agree. It's a terrible name. I agree. Thank it's you. It's not a it's, terrible name. It's just hard. To, it's that, hard when you've been that means saying it's a bad name. You just stumbled. <laughs> that means it's a bad name. Uh, and I would also just yeah. like to critique the CDL Pickums. They're offering $100,000 if you get a perfect bracket. 
that's fucking egregious. It should be like ten million dollars because you're picking twelve matches with the exact you, you score line. Insurance, baby. Of course they do. They've just lost. They've just lost sponsors. Well, they, yeah. you know, yeah, Chris, no they might literally sales. only have a five dollar bill. It's like, yeah, they, <laughs> these guys are all right. Fair enough. Rough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Best Three Network. Join our Discord, which is in the pin tweet. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the Money Hill. We'll see you guys later this week. Toodaloo. Peace out.